All right, well, let me know when to start. Oh, right now, whenever you're ready. Well, this is Mo Cosplay. Come join me on the Blur View uh, for Hispanic Heritage Month, talking cosplay, uh, Latinx, and everything else. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Jonathan D'Angelo, aka Johnny D, and you are tuned into another Blurview session. And we are back on our interview bullshit with Mo Cosplay, wrapping up the Hispanic Heritage Month, which isn't even in an actual month, it's across the span of two. But we're here. Oh, you know what? <laughs> no. Well, no, I don't know why. I don't I don't know why, actually. I don't know why. Because they gave us Feb they gave us like half, they gave us like 28 days of February. So there is a reason why. I feel like People don't know why. So uh, on September 5th, five Latin American countries celebrate their independence. And then like Mexico's on the 16th and then there are two other countries like right after. So they decided to kind of coincide with the like independence of these Latin American countries. And so we, we go 15th through the 15th. But yes, it confuses everyone. Uh, I just got an email like in the beginning of October, like Hispanic Heritage Month. I'm like, you guys are uh, two weeks late to this, sorry. I mean, shit. I'm just shit. I'm just trying to figure out if the 29th day of February counts. Definitely. I mean, they say so, but we only get it once every four years. <laughs> every four years. Once, once every four years, we get one more day to learn about Martin Luther King Jr. and nobody else. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but you guys, we are here. We are here. And how are you doing tonight? Thank you for dropping that knowledge, by the way. I am doing well. I'm excited to be on and literally see you from, you know, so far away. Yes, live from Alaska. And well, DC. <laughs> so, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. That's what you're cosplaying right now. Yes, I even have black and white pants. I'm loving that. I fuck with Juice. that. I yeah. haven't figured out how to do like mossy green hair yet, but that's going to be my work on next. Hmm. So, like, I mean, I don't know. I like it with, are you going to, like, body paint and everything, too? Like, the white with the hair, like? Uh, I might play around. I definitely am going to play around with, like, darker circles. Yeah. I thought about dyeing my hair or, like, wearing a wig, but I don't want to do either. I think if I just get green here, it'll work. And then I've seen with the white, I've seen with just the black eyes. I'm kind of open. I've been playing around more with makeup. I used to feel like really intimidated by it. And then um, after I did my carnage, I like did carnage, didn't like how it worked, looked, and then like did it again and loved how it worked. So I feel like I just need to like play with makeups a little bit more. So and your carnage, what else you choose? Your carnage was the shit, actually. I love your carnage. That's one of my uh that's one of my favorite uh renditions of that cosplay, actually, is yours. Um there's a lot of people that decided to do the whole like body paint carnage. You know, and that's cool too. But I like what you, I definitely like what you did with yours. The boots you had with that were amazing. I've told you that several times, but that's me and my weird, awkward shoe fetish. Shoes. I want to work on more. I saw um, there's a cosplayer, Latin or cosplay, who did at New York City Comic Con. He did Carnage. He had these cool kind of claws that I want to like add to mine. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I uh, brought it out for BlurCon, which is 
uh, a con out here. You should come next year. Uh, <laughs> everybody in the community keeps saying, hey, where, where you at? <laughs> like, right? That if is... you have work on It Makes Sense. <laughs> your representatives. I will, I'm going to be there. Like, next year, I'm going to be there. Every Everybody was like, where you at? Why are you not here? Why didn't you show up? Like, all right, all right. It was one of my favorite cons. Like, it was really cool. I got to meet a lot of people I didn't meet. And then they have this cool, like, arcade. But you should definitely come next time. Uh, and then, yeah, I did Carnage again for, like, a photo shoot maybe just a few weeks after and kind of redid the makeup and liked it a little bit more when I played around with it. So would you ever do burlesque Carnage? Uh, I definitely would be open to it. I got a lot of positive feedback on my, like, burlesque Poison Ivy. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that was the shit. I remember we were talking about that, putting it together, yeah. yeah. I think I'm going to do, like, a burlesque of all the Gotham City Sirens um, to kind of start. But I actually do burlesque dance, so it's kind of part of what has inspired me in that. So I definitely, like, would like to do a whole burlesque sort of cosplay mixed together. Um, I, I like the, the aesthetic and, yeah. All right, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, First, though, just to get the uh, just get the formalities out of the way, uh, formality. Excuse me. Uh, what so what got you in the cosplay? Because a lot of people swear up and down there's no such thing as nerd girls. So let's just get the stigma out of the way right now. What got you into it? Like, um, see, I always get where people are like, "Oh, you cosplay? You go to cons? Like, you don't even know who this character is?" And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm laughing. Like, trust me, I have my nerd card. Um, so I actually grew up in San Diego, I had high school in San Diego, so went to San Diego Comic-Con because it was there. Back in the day, you could, like, roll up and buy passes the day of, um, not to age myself, but, uh, and so everyone cosplayed, so I want to say when I was, like, 17, 16, 17, 18, like that, um, maybe my last two years of high school, I cosplayed because it's what people did. Um, and it was really fun, like really interesting to go. And then um, definitely like got out of it, college, family, all that. Uh, and then I was here and I saw that they were starting Awesome Con, but they like wrote the article about Awesome Con after it had happened. And I was like, oh, that's fun. I'm gonna like mark it. I'll go into it next year. And then uh, a few years ago, like I went out of cosplay and I was like, oh, like, I remember this and it's fun and you can meet like the local artists and you know geek out over your favorite characters so the year after I did kind of like a makeshift cosplay and um then um yeah like this year I wanted to go and like dress up and it was a lot of fun and you know some people took pictures and I was like oh like people want to take pictures of my cosplay and then uh, I met some friends in the DC kind of area cosplay and you know they're a great crew and then I just ended up going to a bunch of cons got invited hooked up with them and did some photo shoots and now I'd say I'm pretty much fully back into it uh with school it's been a little crazy I haven't gone to a lot recently this fall but yeah it's fun to geek out over Spider-Man and the whole Marvel versus DC or like the Harry Potter and you know, kind of meet people and you never would expect are like that nerdy or geeky, and then they are. So, yeah. So do you? So you say you get a lot of flack from from the opposite sex. Wait, hold on, pause. 
So I'm going to ask that question. But before I ask that question, I'm going to ask the most important question. You LARPed? I did. I've been LARPing definitely in high school. So there was our little like crew. We weren't as intense as like some like major guilds. We would just we would go and dress up and like do it ourselves. Um, I did do a D&D with them. I didn't have a great experience. I didn't really go back, but definitely, yeah, I've done the LARPing. It is something that like, I've been curious on like, did I go back? But it was feel like it's easier if you start with a friend and none of my good friends here LARP, so. You know, truth be told, I know it's not, I mean, like, it, like when people, it's crazy, like, if you're not in the nerd community and you mention LARPing, like, and you have to explain yourself, people are like, that's weird. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody LARPed because we were all kids who played sword fight and this, that, and the third, so. And then people are like, well, why would you do that? I'm like, it's fun. It's like adults capture the flag with costumes, like. Like, I would. I'm not like, you want to do that, right? And so. Yeah. I would actually LARP, get into LARPing because it's dope. I remember like as a kid up until I was in high school, I would LARP with me, my brothers, and there was this guy, his name was David. He uh we me and he used to be good friends. He used to make the weapons out of like he would go get scrap metal and heat and weld and like make the weapons. And uh so we would fight and uh we'd fuck each other up. And I actually miss LARPing, especially now that you have like fightable lightsabers, the Nerf guns, like it's a whole adventure now. Like yeah, there's this like stormtrooper kind of LARPing thing that's like big on the East Coast and I'm like, this is interesting. Like so I'm seeing them at the cons and then I'm like, you will go to an event and I just, you know. Yeah. Like if it wasn't so cold in Alaska, like LARPing in the snow would be dope with some lightsabers. Like you could reenact the Battle of Hoth, but <laughs> Which is honestly like into a snowball fight. Like, <laughs> there we go. And then because we are adults and not children, you can enjoy a nice couple with beverage actors. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you say you got a lot of flack from the opposite sex because you dress up and they think, oh, she's just doing it just to do it or she's doing it for the clout. You like, do you still get that? Do, do people still assume that you're just doing it for clout instead of actual and fan? Yeah, I think like especially because I would say a lot of my cosplays are more on the sexier side. They think you're doing it, I don't know, for like attention or just because and different characters. And you're like, I grew up going to comic book stores. I still read, I will say graphic novels are a lot more my thing than comics now, but I like still am actively there and um, it comes out, you know, like Harry Potter comes out and all these others. So I definitely feel like a nerd, but I do definitely get the like, you say, oh, you like comics? And they're like, oh, so you've seen the last Avengers movie. And you're like, uh, like, let me school you, but please don't even question me. And then you're like, don't even know which like way to respond. But, you know, uh, not to diss the movies or anyone who just watches the movies. But um, yeah, I mean, I grew up, I grew up a giant nurse, so I was not the cool kid in high school. I was not the cool kid in middle school, so yeah, you know, uh, you do, I do still definitely get the like, and people think, especially when you cosplay a character, like you don't know what anime it's come from, or you haven't seen the show, or you haven't right. read the book. I got that when I was the MG Iron Spider, 
and they're like, I bet you didn't even read that comic book. And you're like, hold up. Like, obviously, if I'm going to cosplay a character, like, I'm going to know their background. And if they're in a comic, I've read the comic. Right. I mean, like, you're not just going to want, I mean, some people aren't creative enough to be like, I'm going to be an MJ Spider-Man. But most people know, well, she's had the costume on once or twice. I just, I don't know. I do hate that. Uh, I do hate that nerd culture is so male centered. It's like our egos are so big we can't allow our female counterpart. And then the the irony is we always like I wish we had a nerd girlfriend. No, you don't. You just want somebody who will accept who you are because they're somewhat like you, but you can still dominate them in video games and know more about them in comic books and you know. But you don't want a nerd girl. You just want somebody who's accepting of your stupidity. And I'm probably probably. Uh, following too deeply in the black girls anime at this point because <laughs> she went on a whole rant about this on the anime side for the past two weeks but and I mean I like I occasionally game I don't consider myself a gamer but my like female gamer friends for sure they get it they're like oh you're not a gamer you can't game and then when they actually see how like good they are and all of that then it's like this whole negative thing too and there's like no way to win and this like weird narrow-minded view and I do think it's hard to be a nerd girl because you do in the like especially in the conflict culture because you do have to you know be the stereotypical sexy they still want that like they don't want the nerd girls who may not fit the classical like ideal body and ideal look they still want that but then you also have to like things but as you said like not as much as them. We're not as good as them, and it's weird, you know. Um, and you definitely see too the like, uh, and also you see it on a, like a lot of the famous cosplayers, especially the ones who do more the lewds and like the sexier. There are a lot of negative comments on that, um, or it's like positive comments until they're like, "Well, I don't want to date you," and then it's like negative, yeah. you know, thing and all of that. And you're like. Like, God forbid you reject a dick pic. Oh, my God. <laughs> what do you mean you don't want my penis? Um, what? Uh, and that, like, it's like, in what other size on the screen would it start off? Like, some of the DMs you get. Like, I got one guy who's like, just literally, don't know the dude, was just like, I want to fuck you in the ass. Who would ever start that off, like, ever in a conversation in real life? Like, Maybe you should think before you send that, you know? Like, I'm just, I'm not even going to respond, but the amount of, like, just weird TMs you get or, you know. I mean, to be fair, I've started a conversation off like that to somebody I was sleeping with, but you can't just, you can't just run up on somebody and just be like. That's okay. Yeah. Like, no invitation to lube, no dinner, no good time. Even, like, if someone asks you out, I get that. That makes sense. Yeah, like, like but just out the gate with the booty hole, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? I I don't know. I I, I don't know. I don't get those, thankfully. <laughs> but I feel bad for all the women that do. Yeah. But I will say, um, there was a big thing over here because there were some creepy, like, this guy was buying used like Spidey and body suits and then not telling them that's what it's for. And so it affected some of my like cosplay friends on this. And 
So he was buying bodysuits to have sex in them? He do not really know what he was doing, but he bought them and he was like, oh, I really need it for a con like this weekend. He started off with a like, pretty big, famous cosplayer and then like kind of went to like three or four different and before they realized and yeah, he worked. You know, if you're going to use it for whatever purpose, like, hey, it's your thing, it's not illegal, do it, but fucking tell the person, like, don't be, I'm, you know, looking to buy a secondhand cosplay and then using it for uh, gear purposes, to put it lightly. What? <laughs> what? I feel like I'm not the best one to talk about this. What? You should ask one of the guys who were involved, but... I mean, I, look, 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 I get it. I get it. And, you know, I get it. Sometimes, you know, so everybody has a thing. Like, you know, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, if I could get, if I could dig down a Catwoman, I would dig down a Catwoman. If I could dig down a Starfire or, you know, uh, you know, I got, I got, I got a couple of, I got a couple of wafus here. All right. You know what I'm saying? And seeing half naked people on my feed all the time doesn't help. But let's be reasonable. You know, and, and 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 being and on the flip side, there are there are cosplay girls who love to get dicked down by T'Challa or Killmonger or Spider Man or Superman. But don't make it weird. You know what I mean? Don't make it. Don't make it weird. Don't make it weird. It's why I can mention sex is a big thing. But no, like the uh, yeah, they're weird DMs and weird just. I don't know. I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna do a field report on convention sex one day. Ah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, so speaking of the t- family bathrooms, you can never get into that. I'm telling you now. So speaking of um, sex, so burlesque. Yeah. What is it, and what got used into it? Um. So burlesque is sexier dancing, and traditional burlesque, you don't get fully naked, but pretty close, but it's more the artist seduction. Neo-burlesque is kind of more the sexier type dancing. Uh, honestly, my friend, um, my friend was a ballerina and loved to dance and then got out of it. Uh, when I moved back to the DC area, uh, I lived before I like reconnected with her. I'm like, oh, you should do that. Like, why not? Like, you're young enough. Like, you should go back and dance. And she's like, oh, I don't know if I can't. So she ended up finding this, like, urban burlesque class. She's like, take it with me. I'm like, well, it sounds interesting, but, like, I don't know if I can take it. You know, like, is it is it appropriate? Is it okay? Uh, we ended up going and loved it. It's, like, just kind of a fun group of, like, really, like, diverse girls, different ages, like marital status, moms, non-moms. Um, it's a really fun place where you can feel like really sexy and then totally not sexy at all. And that sounds like it doesn't mix at all, but it just, it does. Um, uh, and then, yeah, so we perform occasionally and um, yeah, I just, for me, I really liked it. It's like one hour, like one and a half hours of the week where you can just kind of let go and just be yourself. Um, so we do, we kind of like a straight jazz and heels is how we describe it to people who don't know. Um, strip, um, not that I have an issue with that, but uh, it's just not the type of dance we do. 
So it's a sexier dance in heels. We all wear heels um, and is kind of like a callback to that. Uh, and so I like it, but I do like a lot of the traditional burlesque as well. Um, the costumes, the kind of like world, that feeling of like sensuality I really, really like. So yeah, um, when I was thinking about doing my Poison Ivy and the shoot I did it is in a like really famous theater out here. And, like, red carpet and all of that the stage I'm like oh like I you know I thought about doing like an old school and then I was like oh, we should do a burlesque and uh yeah so so what makes it burlesque is it is it is it like the costume like you know because you usually and you know I I, the costume, I know the sexier um the heels like all of it kind of combine yeah. um you know, like I said, the classical was more on the sensuality. The neo really focusing on the sensuality. It just in a. I mean, there are different types of sexy dance, I suppose, but um, it's one that like embraces and like like I acknowledge it is a sexy dance. I'm not like, oh, I'm a hip hop dancer who does sexy moves, or I'm a jazz dancer who does sexy moves. Like the whole point is for it to you know, be sexier. And so, so, because I, I know about burlesque. I remember um, Stella Chu, she, uh, she does, I think, I don't know if she still does it, but I know she did do it um, for a while. When I, uh, and I, you know, I follow her, so I've been following her for years. So, like, I used to watch her and her videos and stuff like that, and it piqued my interest. I think you and Stella Chu are the only two people I know for sure who do it, though. Um, but is it always the corset and the heels and the, and the fishnets? Like, can it be uh, different? It is not always. So I I love corsetry. So that's been incorporated into a lot of mine, um, but certainly not all of my costumes. So my, um, I don't know if I posted a picture on my cosplay, but I was going to say we did a like Latin inspired and it was not corsetry. There were fishes involved. Um, but uh, I guess not. Maybe I'll post one of that. Um, but it was like a red kind of short mini skirt and um, fishnets and then like a black crop top. But, you know, like a sexier feel, but not a, yeah, not a traditional burlesque outfit. Hmm. So <clears throat> would you ever like, post your dances like on a patreon or something like that um well i mean honestly they're on facebook um so most That's of you time, can find it, guys. It's on facebook. <laughs> <laughs> uh most of my friends see it uh yeah i mean i don't have a patreon for me i don't even know if they'd be sexy enough for a patreon but um yeah I guess not something I'd be opposed to. So there's levels to this too, though, because like you said, like there's 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 the version that doesn't strip, and then there's the version that does. Like, so have you ever been like, has people have people ever tried to categorize you as a sex worker simply because there's levels that people don't understand? Uh, I don't think so. I feel like I haven't had that. Um, I get more judgment because I do that and still I feel like own my sexuality mm -hmm. and the fact that I'm a mom that like throws people off. 
So they're like, oh, you do what type of dance? And like, you have, and you're like, like I said before, classes mixed up of moms, how moms or groupings and, um, but yeah, I feel like I get more judgment from that, but I don't really get the sex worker angle. Because you're a mom? Yeah, I think people like think once you're, once you're a mom or definitely like once you've had more than one kid, like you have to fit this like mom role and you can't be sexy or admit that you're sexy. Definitely. Like this is definitely like you're looking at me confused and I got to tell you, you got to talk to your moms and they will like agree there's like this whole mom judgment thing if you don't fit up to, you know, whatever. See, see, that's the thing. Like, my mom is 46, and she looks 25, and she has five kids. That's the goal, right? Yeah, so, like, so like I have to fight my mom when she goes out on the weekends. Like, my mom, like, my mom, like, group text all of us and be like, hey, guys, I'm going out this weekend, blah, blah, blah. And like, I, we get mad because it's like, why, like, you know, we want her to be, like, we want her to be that stereotypical old mom, but she doesn't look it. She doesn't act it. Like, like, and so, like, guys want her. It's very frustrating. But guys want her, you know, and it's like, I don't understand. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, I've never, I've never known a mom to struggle just because, I, I hear it, but I've never seen, a, like, I, I hear moms say, well, oh, I'm a mom and people don't find me attractive or I'm scared people won't find me attractive because I got so many kids, et cetera, But, like, I don't know. I've never actually seen I've never seen a one. I know a lot of single moms. I know a, a lot of women who've had multiple kids. I've never actually seen them. They say it's a fear, but I've never actually seen them get held down by that factor. Um, so I that kind of blew my it, mind. Yeah, I feel like it definitely has, especially the area I live in. I am uh, younger by a lot. Uh, the kind of like DC, DMV area, like I have a lot of people who legitimately could be my mother. So you have people who are 18, 19, 20 plus years older than you, but I'd say on average people are good 15 years older than me, but it's, you know, like there was an incident at a, like a school fundraiser where everyone's drinking, everyone's drunk. This one dad like got really drunk and was dancing with me. I thought it was hilarious because the dude was like wasted. <laughs> but like the mom like barely talks to me now. And I'm like, what the fuck are you mad at me for? And like he's coming up here dancing with me. My husband's right here. Like, but you know, you get that. Um and then yeah, definitely like after you post, I would say after I post like performance pictures, people are like, it's a lot of like the backhanded comments you get uh stuff like that so being a mom of three how is like and you said you're married too right so being a mom of three married how do you manage to keep up the nerdism uh and my kids are nerds um you know for me it's always been an, an escapism but my kids like they like they kind of started to cosplay and uh didn't show them i didn't want them watching a lot of the marvel movies until maybe this like last year or two and then they love most of them and there's still a few that i won't just kind of with more mature themes i don't feel comfortable showing them but then it's cool because like there's so many to like back up on uh we go to comic book stores together so 
having like geeky kids you can geek out with is definitely, I would say, helpful. So is your husband also Hispanic? No, uh, my husband is white. Hmm. So yeah. getting to getting getting to the factors in the matter. So like you being Hispanic, we're gonna shift the gears a little bit, stay on stay on overall, but you being Hispanic. How is it? Because you're the you're actually the first non-black interview I've had. So this is gonna be interesting, right? Yeah, you're the first one. <laughs> Thank you. People hear blurred view and they get intimidated, like, oh, oh no, that's black people. And I'm like, okay. But <laughs> but being being um so being Hispanic in the cosplay community now. You don't necessarily have to worry about, and I'm not saying that you don't care, but you don't necessarily have to worry about issues like blackface and all that extracurricular shit. However, what are some of the challenges you face being a Hispanic cosplayer within this clusterfuck of a community that we have? I think, and I will say all of this with the depending on how light my or dark my hair is, how depending on how light or dark my skin is, mm. I can pass for a variety of different races or ethnicities. That's a fact. Uh, so, <laughs> I, you know, like different people have different struggles and I definitely like want to note that I know I'm, um, it, you get a lot of the, like, this is more of a guy example, but you know, like, you can't be Spider-Man, you have to be the Miles, kind of that thing. Um, I also, for me, like, I have, even within the, like, Hispanic community, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, we need more, like, Hispanic representation in, like, major films. And for me, I'm kind of like, what are you talking about? Like, every major action film is, like, featured a Latina, and they're like, no, they haven't. Like, this person doesn't count. This person doesn't count. This person doesn't count. And my like, why doesn't this person count? You know? Uh, you look at Black Panther, uh, Lupita Nyong is from Mexico. Like, she's yeah. Mexican. She's Black, too. She's also Mexican. Like, I, and you can't discount where she's from. Um, so you look at that, you look at the most recent Star Wars, we have Latin. You look at Thor Ragnarok, we have Latin and... Uh, you have different people have a very specific, like, well, you know, blonde Latins don't count and black Latins don't count. It has to be the, like, Hispanic-looking Latins. So I would say even, like, within the Hispanic community, there's definitely, like, discourse on representation and what counts and what doesn't um, and debate, like, around that. Um, there was a huge, I know, like, Twitter argument with I want to say Gina Rodriguez, but don't quote me where she was saying, this is great, now we need, like, a whole, like, Hispanic film, and, like, well, that's not really what the Black Panther was about, and then you had this huge group that was, like, you're featuring a Mexican in, like, the main role, or the main female role, um, one of the main female roles, so, uh, I would say, yeah, so, getting back to your original question, I would say it depends, so when you have like the darker skin, I've definitely gotten the like, well, that wig color doesn't work on you, mm -hmm. especially when I do my like red or pink wigs. You're like, well, I'm, 
like, excuse me, like I'm doing this because I like the character, not like this is not a commentary on whether or not it works. Um, so you get that. Um, I will say there's like a huge increase in like Hispanic kind of creators and people behind, which is really kind of cool to see. And there are some like Hispanic specific characters. Um, but for me, it's just like, it's, I would say probably even more like discourse within the, you know, Latin Hispanic community than people would think, um, which is really sad. Like you kind of, you could unite, first of all, it's just the Latin community, then it's like a minority community, but like we, you know, we struggle within ourselves and what counts, what doesn't count, you know, are they Latin enough? You know, the Spanish, do they speak, do they not? Does it count? What about indigenous languages? Does that count? These are all like real things facing, facing our community, you know. So, so for those who don't know, where does your ethnicity come from? Where does your, where does your background come from? I am Ecuadorian Irish. Uh, my Ecuadorian is Quechuan, so uh, I am native in that sense. Um, my dad came to this country when he was 19, so I was born in the U.S., um, but obviously, like, my dad and my grandmother were not, um, and so I would say definitely, like, identify with that, and then uh, growing up in San Diego, growing up in a border town is definitely something you are also aware. Uh, I'm not Mexican, um, but yeah, I'm Ecuadorian Irish. So is your dad? Is your dad and his family are they darker? Are they darker skinned? They are darker, uh, and I'll say uh, so. Uh, genetics are fascinating, um, and it's interesting what different features. So I only have one brother. My brother is darker skinned than I am, but he has blue eyes. Mm -hmm. And I swear to God, it's because of blue eyes. People speak to me in Spanish. from both within and without outside the community is interesting. So my question to you is, with, as far as that goes, so like my, my ex-wife, she's Mexican from Mexico, but she looks, she could pass for a white woman. That's how like, she, that's how like she is. And I know they, they have a huge, they have a huge colorism issue when it comes to um, like light and dark skin, you know, and you know, Afro-Latinos take a huge, Afro-Latinos take a huge struggle um, because they have to fight for, you know, because they're darker and, you know, they want the straight hair, fair skin, uh, Latin Americans. The crazy thing is, on the one hand, though, from an outsider perspective, the crazy thing for that is, though, is that y'all was dark to begin with. Like, <laughs> like, if it wasn't for this, if it wasn't for Spain raping and pillaging, like y'all were dark to begin with. So like, it's kind of funny that you guys don't praise your darker skin counterparts more considering that all you guys were dark at one point. Every native from South and from the tip of South America all the way up to Alaska were dark. It wasn't until they, or slightly lighter. It wasn't until colonization was introduced to this region of the world that people actually started becoming lighter. Also, to add to that and to ask my question, um, do you think that it's because Spain and being Spanish is such a prideful 
almost, I, yeah, I, I'll say, I'll venture to say it, be bold enough to say it, a prideful prejudice like heritage. Because if you're not from Spain, you know, you're not real Spanish. But then if you don't speak this kind of Spanish, then, you know, do you feel like it's because of the pride of the heritage that causes you guys to be segregated so much? For the mother uh, heritage, I should I say. I definitely think a big part of that is true. And I will say even for my personal, like growing up, my abuelita was like, I am 100% Spanish. <laughs> and my dad's like, first of all, bullshit. Like, you know, my aunt, <laughs> uncles are from the other one. But my grandmother is not quite five feet, dark hair, dark skin, dark eyes. Uh, my dad actually got the like genetic testing and because he's not 100% Hispanic and he's mostly native. Um, and then she's like, well, I don't know if I believe the DNA test. And you're like, I'll believe that. Like, still, like, this isn't a bad thing. Um, I do think there's a lot. There's also a lot with how we have treated Indigenous people, mm. both in North and South America. Like, you understand why people kind of pretended they were whiter or Spanish background versus being Indigenous, being forced into different um schools camps areas because it was seen as a negative thing i think that definitely has um you know a factor to it there is definitely the spain spanish is considered the more proper and the higher end and there's definitely like huge wealth and class issues and most of uh you know central south america um I think they all kind of portray, but you, you're, you are very, like, colorism is a huge, huge thing in, in the community. Um, and it affects, it affects different, and you are talking when you talk about Latin America, like, and again, I'm probably really keen on this because I grew up in San Diego where we have such a big Mexican population. People are like, oh, well, you're Mexican. I'm like, no, I'm Ecuadorian. And they're like, oh, the same thing. And you're like, <laughs> Not even the same talking pot, like, you know, where, uh, but you do talk like the backgrounds and histories, you look at Argentina versus, you know, Mexico, East Coast, West Coast, and kind of everywhere in between, there are a lot of different factors and who plays and what is okay and certain places okay to be darker, certain places it's okay to be called dark and other places that's, you know, not, um, I know in, Florida, there was like a huge thing because a lot of Cubans do not identify as Hispanic and then some do. So there's, you know, there's a lot of that. And there's a lot, especially I will say, I think the U.S. does a really poor job of, we have to be one or the other. So your daughter, right, if you're ex-Mexican, you're black. Well, she's going to have to identify as either black or Mexican or do mixed. Yeah. But as she does mixed, she's pulled out of the running for most black scholarships, most Hispanic scholarships, stuff like that. And I think that is really like a decrement um, we have right now is that you can't be you can't be both. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and another and another thing too, it's like speaking on like not claiming, because it's kind of funny how like Mexicans will claim you as an Ecuadorian, but then they can't stand Puerto Rican. But, you know, or, you know, uh, the biggest, and this actually ties into the black community because Dominicans think that they're like, so Dominicans and Haitians, you already know, they share the same fucking island. The only difference is the French took one half and the Spanish took the other. But they're literally the same motherfucking slaves from the same motherfucking island. They just speak two different languages. And so I love it when I can walk up to a Dominican and I'll be like, what's up, nigga? I'm Dominican. I'm not black. Mm -hmm. 
what? <laughs> like, what? 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 <laughs> One of my ex-boyfriends in college was Dominican, and if you didn't know, you would think he was black, and, like, his nickname was Negrito, which in yeah. Spanish, they're a little more blunt about these things. It's just, like, what his grandmother called him and all of that, and, like, that growing up, but then, like, you translate that to English, like, you can't say that, and I'm like, well, like, I'm, like, his grandmother, and... Yeah, definitely. It was really funny. And everyone, I mean, I went to school in Boston and we have like black and white, not a lot of other diversity. <laughs> so you've got a lot of like people assume he was black. And but yeah, it is funny where like people make these like all the a lot of the islands on the Caribbean, like, well, this counts, this doesn't. Mm. It's part of the whole issue with do we use Hispanic, do we use Latin, do we use Spanish, and like what do they mean, what's included? You look about like the largest fucking country in Latin America doesn't speak Spanish. Yeah. You know, when we're like, oh well you can't be Latin if you don't speak Spanish and you're like, what about all the fucking, you know, Brazilians here? Yeah, the whole country of Brazil. (laughs) Like the whole fucking country. You know, so it's kind of an arbitrary, and then and then at the flip time, it's ignoring all of the indigenous languages like throughout. So yeah, it's uh, it is definitely yeah. And that that does that does you're blow, right. Dominican the invisible line we grow up. So. And that that does blow my mind because the fact of the matter is, they due to colonization, it blacks and indigenous were enslaved together. They bred together and then with the Spanish. So to say indigenous doesn't count, that's full of shit. To say blacks don't, like, even though even though Haitians don't speak Spanish, Jamaicans don't speak Spanish, even though, uh, and even, like, Jamaica and Haiti weren't colonized by the Spanish. However, however, anybody that's black or can trace their roots back to, anybody who has black genes in their body, they came from slavery. So to say it's it's almost it's almost like that gray area where like you said what counts because people will say well you're Hispanic but you have to speak Spanish to be Hispanic but then you have an entire you have countries and islands filled that filling that area where they have Spanish influences African influences indigenous influences not always together but still like you said what counts you know. It, it is it is kind of shameful though to see that i mean we do it blacks do it too you, you know god forbid a light-skinned black person does some dumb shit and we're quick to say ah, it's just they, they have light-skinned tendencies and it's funny but it's not because you isolate that entire half of your culture based on colorism and you know like we we do that all the time there was one actor that was like well i turned down my role as and I turned down a role in Black Panther as one of the Kingsguard because I wasn't dark enough. Shut up. <laughs> like, that's not something, like, that. you actually did the opposite of what needed to be done because had you just took the role, we would have seen Black diversity versus, not to say that Black Panther didn't, get, didn't do that, but we would have seen more Black diversity because there are light-skinned Africans. So, I mean, colorism is a huge, and I, it's a huge issue across the board, you know? And then I've also heard, like, I've heard, and like on the low end, like well, Hispanic is technically everybody, but we count Spain as Hispanic. I'm Mexican. I'm Puerto Rican. I'm Dominican. I'm Guatemalan. I'm Panamanian. So it's like so. I, I, yeah, <laughs> it's a it's it's a it's a huge. It can be a huge clusterfuck. 
But where do you get where do you get your support from more though? Do you get it from more from your own people or from other people? When it comes to like cosplay and stuff like that, like are you like featured on any Hispanic cosplay pages or like found a lot of Hispanic cosplay pages, but I will say, and then this is like an inside running joke with some of my friends, is that I have met a ton of fucking Ecuadorian like nerds. <laughs> and there's a whole Ecuadorian like con down in Quito, but like one of my good friends and his brother up here also met MCU, Spider-Man, he's Ecuadorian, like, goes back every year, um, there's a big photographer out of New York, so I'm like, maybe we're all just secretly nerdy, <laughs> um, but I would say the DC cosplay group, what I, like, what I really like about a lot of it is, for me, it's been really diverse, um, different races, ages, genders, so... I have found support in them, so I can't really say it's like either internal or external. Um, but yeah, like the Harry Potter cosplay we did, um, I'm Hispanic, I did Slytherin, uh, it was a, a white woman who did Gryffindor, it was an Asian woman who did Ravenclaw, and it was like a black man who did Hufflepuff. So I would say like that is, it kind of goes throughout. Um, I would say that's DC is pretty diverse, and then I guess just our nerds are really diverse. So um, I, I would say it's uh, a big support. Um, in terms of, you were talking earlier about the blurred view, and like people being like, oh, I can't know if I go on. I'll see probably part of why I'm more comfortable is I did go to the blurred con. They advertised at a different convention I was at, and they were like really big on hey, like, yes, this is here celebrating the blurred culture, but we want to celebrate kind of everyone who's underrepresented. So they had uh, a Nertino table there. They had LBTQ, like, community panels um, and really tried to make sure that everyone was welcome in celebrating blurred. So that kind of helped and, you know, you just realized just a bunch of people like Spider-Man just like you. <laughs> so you, you know, feel that much I guess that much more comfortable talking and being and I think people are like it's good that we're having a dialogue about race I think sometimes people are scared to enter that dialogue though I agree uh it's a touchy time in America where it's damned if you do damned if you don't season for the next like probably eight years anyway but <laughs> it's you know, it needs, it's a conversation that needs to be had because at the end of the day, how am I supposed to know your perspective if I don't talk to you? How am I supposed to know what you're going through if I don't bring it up? You know what I mean? Like, we see a lot of TV broadcasts and video footage and all this and this other about people suffering and, you know, people going through it. But at the end of the day, like, truthfully, we, us, me, me, you, the Native Americans, the Asians, uh, even though I feel like they've forgotten about us, <laughs> we're the foundation we, we built we literally on the backs of all of us built this country um it's kind of a shame that we don't acknowledge each other it's a shame that we don't talk about it it's a shame that we don't talk about what's wrong you know because there's more of a driving force from us to potentially get shit done but we have an issue with not liking each other not wanting to agree or wanting to stick solely to ourselves um that causes a great a greater divide within the country itself especially on the low end and by low i mean the middle class and below um we run we make the country go round we really do 
and we come from a lot of different diverse cultures and um, places. Um, and it, it would it would really really benefit the country if we all talked, sat down, and talked about it and got to understand one another and figured out where we were coming from and then how to make it better from there. You know, I'm kind of like you. I mean, and I. I maybe i'm speaking for myself probably not but as a black person i'm real time like i had my great grandma before she died and then my grandma and then my mom and we they all talked about and it was crazy because my great grandma was born in 1912 my grandma was born in like 1940 1950 my mom was born in 71. so from 1912 to 71 i had the same i had three different people bitch about the exact same problem and now here i am in 2018 problem <laughs> it's like damn you know what I mean? like can, can we catch a break you know and the crazy thing is is like i can only imagine how you know hispanics feel because they've been bitching about the exact same problem you know it's crazy when you know on the one hand you know you can get you know philando castile you can get shot for telling an officer hey i have a gun permit let me show you and then on another hand, it's crazy that in Arizona, you can get pulled over on the suspicion of looking like an illegal immigrant. Now, I don't know how to fuck. Is about the case where the nine-year-old boy got the phone called on him because he broke the woman's ass? And then did you see the video? He literally walks by her with his, like, backpack. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. I'm right about there. I'm like, for, like, I'm a nine-year-old. Like, that's fucking terrifying. Like, and... And, yeah, right. and then Emmett Till gets brutally murdered by two white men. And then generations later, the white lady, damn near on her deathbed, is like, oh, I lied. He didn't do shit. What? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, on the one hand, you, you spurred up the civil rights movement, so thank you. But on the other hand, go fuck yourself because you just killed this. You killed, what was he, 14, 13, what was it, Emmett Till, tw between 12 and 14? On a lot. Whenever we talked about, like, for me personally, when, like, there were the issues like with the police brutality and all that and people are like looks gray it's not all that i'm like you can debate that on certain cases but when you all shot the 12 year old boy playing on a fucking playground like there was no other better way to deal with this situation like really like why you as a grown like are you as a grown man scared of a 12 year old kid on a playground no no no. And, and I've been to no. Afghanistan twice where 12-year-olds carry rocket launchers. So, no. <laughs> like, and I've had to let them walk right past me. Like, oh, if this kid kills me, I'm going to beat his ass. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like you know, it, and it, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy the time we live in. And, like, we need shit like Hispanic Heritage Month, but we need recognition. You know, like I, like I told you before we started the show, I literally asked, I asked a couple cosplayers. I did. I asked a couple of Hispanic cosplayers, um, and a couple of them I really liked, you know, their art and everything. And like, they just never got back to me for whatever reason. They probably thought I was some dude trying to slide in their DMs, but I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> but I mean, like at the end of the day, you know, like I'm glad you're able to come on the show and have this conversation because it's it's a necessary one. You know, we need to understand each other's perspective. I need to know what you're going through because I can't. I can't facil I can't speak on facilitation of peace if I don't give a fuck about you and yours because overall we're all in we're literally at this point all in this together. Between ICE and police brutality, we're all in this together. <laughs> so and then, 
And then it's funny too, like you talk about immigration, whenever immigration is talked about in this country, it's only talking about brown people. Like people don't give a shit if fucking Swedish people like come sneak in here. They only like only and then but then there's no knowledge of how many jobs they support, how many like the US population, if you didn't have immigrants, would be declining. That would defund so many programs that people don't want to talk about. Or even you talk about immigration reform and it means no immigrants or all everyone can come in. And you're like, you know, most people believe in immigration reform are like not one or the other, but you can't even have that conversation. And like, that's what I find. But then they only hold immigration reform to, like you said, brown countries. They're not going to say, well, we don't want Russians. We don't want Norwegians. They'll be like, we don't want anybody south of the border or in Arab countries. And it's like, oh, so y'all some bitches. Like, it's, it's just, it's either... It doesn't even match since you look at, like, you look at the, quote, illegal immigrant, I don't like the term, so undocumented immigrants, on a whole, and, like, people thought, like, the one case where they're, you know, like, they're crazy people one, in every yeah. race and culture. But as a whole, they commit way less crimes because they're trying to stay under radar. Like, this has been documented. Right. People don't want to believe that. Right. It's we get more we get more issues people don't want to listen to the data that is in front of us we have more problems from white males than we do any other race in this country and somebody's gonna comment and be like that's bullshit you don't know what you're talking about okay are not talking about the fucking white bomber in austin who targeted black and latino communities like that was a big deal. I don't even think it was charged with domestic terrorism. Pause. What you don't, the rest of that story, you're missing part of that story. So they did the same thing in Cleveland, right? And then what they did was after they bombed the area, they started gentrifying it. Stay woke. <laughs> they don't tell you that. They started bombing, they bombed Cleveland, then they bombed Austin, and then they started gentrifying it. Because when they re, when you bomb an area, you push them out, you target minorities, push them out, and then you rebuild the area slowly and move white people in and gentrify it. They're doing the same thing right now with Harlem. And that's yeah. another, that's a whole other episode that I'm gonna get into later on. But they did the same, they're doing the same thing with Harlem. The only reason why they can't, they can have Texas, because nobody wants fucking Texas. But the only reason why they're not doing it in the South, like in Mississippi, Alabama, is because minorities are so tired of the Confederate bullshit that we started gentrifying it ourselves and there's too many of us down there. Um, but yeah, no, they're bombing areas, they're bombing minority areas in order to gentrify, push us out and gentrify them. That's what that is, but stay woke. <laughs> but so question, so question, I think this probably be the last couple questions. So. You mentioned earlier, because I definitely, I need, I need, I need to ask this question because it's actually very important. Um, So you mentioned earlier that in a lot of action films, there are Hispanic women. Um, And you're right. Like, you know, they'll throw the finest looking, the finest looking Hispanic woman in a movie as a love interest. Like, oh my God, like, oh, sweet Jesus. But do you feel like as a Hispanic woman, as a Latin woman, do you feel like it's because you're fetishized? You guys are fetishized because you are. I would tell you right now, as a man, you are. I know you are because every man's bucket list is a bomb ass Hispanic woman and then an Asian woman. Every every nerd has those two on that list. So I'm just gonna tell you right now. But 
have you ever been fetishized simply because you're Hispanic? And when it comes to being fetishized, what is your, you know, like, what is your feel on that? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I, it's a, it's, I mean, it's a thing that God spans back for a while where, like, as the woman, you have to be, like, the sexy and the Latin woman and all of that. But you're never, like, that smart either. They're just, like, sexy and always want sex. Um, <laughs> yeah, the whole, like, other. And it's actually interesting. My favorite art piece ever is a Manet uh, piece called Olympia. And it, why it's my favorite is not just visually what it depicts, but it's a white prostitute. Uh, and it like cost her when Manet came out um, with this piece and mostly because of the race and so naked women in art was fine but they all had to be like a minority mm. uh, but as soon as he put this white prostitute out in front and so I, it's my favorite piece kind of kind of the back history of that and uh, yeah it's definitely uh, what you have to live up to and then in the Latin culture, uh, and I'd say this is probably even, for the most part, like, I've never wanted to be real thin, like, that's not an issue you struggle with, but you need to have, like, tits, hips, and an ass, and a skinny waist, and you got to be big, because, like, no one wants, like, a skinny walking hair, but you can't be too big, because no one wants it, like, gordita, so you have to be, like, somewhere in the middle, and that kind of it's always a thing, and then, yeah, definitely in film, like, there's that whole fetishizing, you don't see the rocket scientist Latina, like, when, it, when have you seen the rocket scientist, you know, when have you seen the astrophysicist and the, you know, major coder, you don't, um, and even when you do, people talk about their sexuality, like, there's a famous, uh, Victoria's Secret angel who is also a coder and people like can't can't like put the two together like how dare they like how dare this gorgeous beautiful lingerie model also be a coder so I know it sounds I know I know this is kind of a generic example but like Michelle Rodriguez like she's one of the main she's one of the main characters in Fast and Furious and you know, when she came out kicking ass and taking names people were like she must be gay not realizing that Vin Diesel and her actually used to date yeah um and so yeah then it's you can't be and uh or you know like i was saying before when i try to argue with people or not even argue i'm like i'm right when you say these women are latin and they're like well they're not latin they're this it's um a very yeah a very just kind of you know and so queer latins are pushed to the side black latins are pushed to the side and um, yeah, it's unfortunate. So is the body shame and struggle that real that you guys, uh, uh, within your culture, because people have this stereotypical idea of what a Latino woman should look like? Yeah, um, for sure. And it even varies country by country. I want to say Argentina is still like the highest on plastic surgery of any of the countries. Um, but you look at the whole Miss Bum Bum, like that whole thing and illegal like butt implants down in Brazil, like they're very much, anorexia affects a lot of the Latin culture less than it does um, like white, warm white culture in the US, but 
other things. And then, I mean, God forbid you're a Latin with a flat chest and you have an A cup, like you'll, you'll hear that. So it definitely is a, everyone needs to look like Sophia Vergara. And, yeah, I mean, obviously she's fucking gorgeous, but like not everyone looks like that, right? Like, yeah, no, facts. Right? Um, and so there's definitely, and then there's that part of, which I think is affecting, in my opinion, this is not based on science, but in my opinion, so in Spanish, it is not as insulting to call people names or like point out certain features where it is in English and it is in the U.S. So like you could be big nose or the equivalent of that and that's like not a bad thing or like little fetzo or stuff like that where in the U.S. it is and I think that the generation like this now like first second the second third generation are like have this kind of American will you like do you just call me fat when yeah. you have the grandparents are part of the old and I think that's definitely also an issue too yeah that's crazy I know like it's the same like it's the same with black women comparatively where black women have to have like the skinny waist fat ass like well yeah. I don't know. It was because there was a time period, I'd say between the late '90s, early 2000s, and the you know, thanks to Lil John and the crunk and the crunk era and the snap music era, where like all we wanted, we, we just you know, just shake the ass. Like we, it was fine. We was good with it. We liked big girls. We, you know, what I'm saying like you know, we prefer big you know thicker women over skinny women. Um, and then you know, hip hop for us, hip hop changed the image, and they were like, nah, we're gonna have skinny white women or we're going to have skinny light-skinned women, or we're going to have skinny Hispanic women. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. Like, you mentioned Sofia Verga. A lot of people, like, consider her, um, like, that that pinnacle, or um, uh, Jennifer Lopez, you know, um, you know or, or even on the extreme side, they want uh, Amara La Negra, they want her body, but just not her skin tone. Uh, shout out to the wife, by the way. But, yeah, like they want, you know, and so, I, you know, image-wise, especially, and you know, I will say this, when I, when I, when I watch TV, growing up, I watched Telemundo. Um, over the years, I've watched Telemundo for various different reasons that we're not going to get into on this show, but I watched Telemundo, and Telemundo stereotypically has that, that, you know, Latin build, where they have, like, big boobs and the thick thighs and the fat ass and the skinny waist, and they, they don't seem very smart, you know, or, you know, they just, they're just sex appeal, you know, and you guys are always average, you, the women are always advertised for sex appeal. Um, and, and lately in society, too, on the flip side to that, your male counterparts are always seen as homosexual or feminine oriented lately, which um, is also interesting. It's like demas they're trying to demasculate the male Latin culture. Uh, I've noticed that a lot lately. So it's, inter it's interesting to see the struggles that you guys go through in, you know, different societies, because I know that in your own society, it's not like that. Yeah, well, I, I feel like I've always, like, I, I went to a top 30 college, and even the response from some people I consider friends were like, well, you got in because you're Hispanic, and it's, like, easier for a minority. And you're like, what? Like, oh, I can't be smart because I'm not, like, I got it. And, you know, like, the people who get in with the lowest scores are actually legacy kids. Yes. So, let's start there. Yes. Facts. <laughs> but, like, that was so, fr 
frustrating and you have to like always prove like these are my SATs, these are my grades. And again, for me, the people, you know, like consumer, there's just such that like, it's like ingrained that, you know, you can't be, you can't be all these things. Cause I consider myself, I, I was saying before, I'm getting my MBA from Georgetown now. So I, uh, like, am educated. I am Hispanic. Like, I am a mom. I am sexy. I'm a nerd. I'm all of these things. Like, I'm athletic. Like, and I can be all of these things. Like, I don't have to be just because I, like, like to cosplay doesn't mean I've never played sports ever. Just because I like to play sports doesn't mean, you know, I don't ever read comic books. And uh, definitely, there's a lot within the Hispanic community, what you can and can't be. Um, and then that perception, definitely in film, I would say I am happy because I'm seeing a lot more positive Latin reinforcement. Again, there's that whole like internal discord, which counts, but uh, you know, hopefully it just keeps going in the right place. So where can we see you next? Where are you going to be next time? Uh, I don't know. Um, I am hoping to make it to Anime USA. I'm not sure about that. If not, probably Magfest. Um, but we'll be at convention, so we will see. But I'm out and about around so let me know. Ben. And we're definitely going to have to come have you come back on the show. I, I'm working on a new project, uh, maybe out of boredom, I don't fucking know, but me and a couple other male cosplayers have this... Uh, uh, this page on Instagram, oh God, on Instagram called Blue Dudes, where it's like we showcase um, lewds from lewds and cosplay from male minorities, and so uh, we're going to start. So, so you probably because you do that, all of you have to be gay, right? Because that's the assumption here, right? That every lewd has to be gay. This is what I feel like men get that I hear. See, in my cis male opinion. In my overly righteous cis male opinion, I am comfortable enough in my sexuality. I know if a man or a woman looks sexy. And honestly, I have no problem admitting it. If you a fine ass woman, I'm gonna tell you you bad. Now normally that gets a negative reaction. Whatever. If you're a if you're a good looking man, I'm gonna tell you, hey yo, you doing your thing, you look good. Like I like that, like I like what you're doing, like damn you spoiled, you looking good. And yeah, they think I'm gay. <laughs> I think yeah. I like that's yeah definitely where I feel like men can't do lose unless they're gay and gay and straight men both do lose more naked men I'm all for it but we are definitely going to put out more naked men and what we're going to do is we're going to have a podcast hosted by our female counterparts talking about are talking about us. So it's going to be like us, the, the admins of the blue dudes, and we're going to have female guest stars, male and female guest stars coming on, speaking about sexuality and openness and different topics. And, you know, if we can't pull you here, we'll pull you over there. Uh, oh. So like, I definitely... I, my good friends got stationed in Alaska, I think, starting next month. So I promised him I'd visit him in the next two years. So... Hopefully, I can come out and see you in person. Yeah, bet. I'll be here for at least another two winters. <laughs> so. Uh, the San Diegan in me is like, 
you have no idea. Just come out during the summer. Just just come out during the summer. It's not worth it's not worth the winter. Oh, and there's wildlife. <laughs> <laughs> like ugh, summer is the best time. I promise you. This winter is not worth it. But all right, so we're gonna get. I'm gonna wrap up this live video. I appreciate it. It's your boy Jonathan D'Angelo, aka Johnny D. Mo cosplay, and we will see you guys later. Y'all have a good night or good morning or whatever the hell you listen to this. Y'all take it easy. Peace.